0: Hey, do you guys have a Zach? Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Do You Have a Sec? My name is Emma, Michelle and Eva were here but they had to dip out because they don't like me anymore. This week on Do You Have a Sec? we have a very special episode. We get to talk to two superstar individuals. Sarah Simon, who's the executive beverage director and general manager for the Dandy Crown. Uh, and we also talked to Amanda Salas who is the executive chef at Recess and City Hall. We're so excited for you to hear these conversations. Please, 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 if you haven't already check out Restaurant Week, check out those restaurants, support local. And And we really hope that you enjoy this episode and we'll see you guys next time on Do You Have a Sec? All right, everybody, we are talking right now to Amanda Salas. Amanda is the executive chef at Recess and City Hall. We're so excited to talk to Amanda. Amanda, how you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, we're so great. Hey, we're so excited to talk Hi. to you. Um, we want to like, jump in right off the bat. And, you know, we talk a lot about where we're going in our career journeys, how we're getting there, things that we're encountering along the way. And so we sort of wanted to start off super light and ask you, um, you know, like, what's one thing you wish someone would have told you at the beginning of your career that you know now? Oh, man.
1: You know, it's like, <laughs> I get that question a lot, but it's like, I always kind of blank on it. You really? know, um, I guess like, I guess it's like, you know, it. this may not be what you expect, although I don't want that to sound bad because it is definitely very awesome at the same time. So Mm -hmm. I don't,
0: yeah. um, That's a great piece of advice though. It may not be what you expect. Have you always been, you know, on the food journey?
1: It's always been on the food journey, actually. I mean, I think, like, in grade school, junior high, I thought maybe I could be, like, a school teacher, and I was like, I don't know. As as soon as, yeah, as soon as I uh, knew that you could do cooking for a career, which was, like, early, you know, probably freshman, sophomore year of high school, I was like, oh, I can do this for real. Like, this is what I can go to school for. So, yeah, I've definitely I've been on the food path for a very long time and, you know, realized I was like, oh, I can go to culinary school. And there was even where I grew up in, um, in Elgin, there's uh, uh, the community college had a, a culinary program. so I was like, mm. Even better, oh, no way. even better. So, yeah. so I was like, let me let me jump on that and kind of pretty much didn't even look back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Were you always like as a as a younger wee little thing? Were you always um, <laughs> cooking at home? Oh yeah, definitely. My mom, uh, I'm the oldest of
1: six kids, so my mom oh, um, right. was a stay-at-home mom and cooked all the time, you know, yeah. baking. I mean, we, you know, as as there's more of us, more of, more and more of siblings came along, you know, there was more, there was even more cooking and baking <laughs> right. daily. So it's right. like you make a batch of cookies, like they're gone before the next day. So <laughs> oh, okay, next day, you gotta make another batch of something.
0: <laughs> I'm the youngest of four, yeah, so, so it's yeah. like the same thing where you're like, "Oh, mom bought a box of fruit roll-ups and now they're all gone and I didn't get a <laughs> single one." <laughs> so I can't imagine yep, what I mean, it is yep. with six. Oh yeah, it's pretty much the same. Just add a couple more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you still incorporate a lot of the things like the the early cooking that you learned from your mom? Do you still incorporate that today with your you know professional cooking? I mean, I
1: have over the years for sure. Like anything from like um, what's something that she would make, like tater tot casserole. Like mm. then it's like I did a spin on like. A fancier one, you know, years ago at one uh, one of my previous jobs, where it was like, okay, we're gonna take tater tots and toss them in truffle oil, and we're gonna use filet we're gonna use beef tenderloin, you know, and we're gonna use like mushrooms and truffle paste, you know. So I've taken ideas of like that comfort food, like comfort food's always been like my main direction, you know, what I always revert back to in the style of cooking that I do. So definitely taking some inspiration, you know, from meatloaf to, yeah, casseroles and stuff like that, and just kind of tweaking them and putting them on, you know, where they would make up enjoyable on a restaurant menu.
2: Yeah. Do you find, do you think you find the inspiration the most from, like, when you were growing up with your mom, or where do you find inspiration, you know, for new ideas and and new dishes?
1: Um, You know, I do pull some of that from, you know, from growing up, where it's kind of like, how can I make this? you know something now you know recess is fun you know here so it's like you know playing on like those nostalgia you know type dishes you know I've always I've been in a lot of situations you know bar girl type settings where um I can pull from those you know you know early days but you know more and more now and now it's like I love scrolling through Instagram you know following you know like dozens of chefs where it's just you just you know it's a very much a visual thing where totally. you see something at you know even even in cookbooks, you know it's like I'm much more of a visual person you know that's just part of the creative process where it's like I see something I'm like ooh I like that that looks good you know mm. and just kind of like spin off of that you know so yeah that's where you know I take a lot of inspiration from you know these days you know and you know just from various various chefs you know local and national for sure
0: yeah that's awesome are you as dedicated as a chef at home as you are at work you know like because I know sometimes when you come home and you just have you know been cooking all day (laughs) and you get home and you're like the last thing I want to do is make myself dinner what's like your your effort I don't want to cook any more lazy meal at home
1: (laughs) well I mean I'd say it's probably about 50 50 I try because Hmm. I do have a three year old. So I do want to try and cook as much as possible with them. But um, I mean – well, I guess the box of craft macaroni and cheese, you know, after after being yeah. gone for twelve plus hours, you know. But and you know, it always hits. We do, we do say. keep that in the we always keep that in the cupboard, you know. Wow. Yeah. I so. eat
2: the same dinner as an executive chef. Can you believe that? Wow. we are
1: not that different.
0: We are one in the same. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we, go. we
1: do keep some of those things on the shelf just because, you know. I think it
0: was uh, um, Samin Nosrat, the the chef who said that her favorite lazy meal is like um, box macaroni and cheese. With peas in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, Michelle you know, peas. she's oh. making a throw up face at <laughs> me right now. <laughs> that doesn't sound
1: good to me. <laughs> well, you know, like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I really need to use that broccoli, so I'll steam it and then throw it in there as <laughs> well. <laughs> so, so, so
0: yeah, yeah, oh, it's <laughs> Well, so we read when we were researching you that you, is it true that you worked at a, at a Michael Jordan owned restaurant?
1: Yeah. So, um, 160 blue, um, which is no longer existence, but oh, it sad. used to be here in the, it used to be here in the West loop. Um, he was a silent partner, or I guess you should say not so silent partner, <gasps> but that was, that was actually like, no, cause he was, well, he was there all the time and people knew. Yeah, so. right, right, <laughs> That's right, why yeah. I say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, that was like my, my first big city job. So I was there for four years and kind of moved, moved around and moved
0: up the ranks over there. Wow. So, so did you, um, we're legally obligated to ask if you worked at a Michael Jordan restaurant <laughs> in Chicago, <laughs> you know, we're legally obligated <laughs> to ask, did you get to meet him?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh no, I cooked for him several times. Yeah.
0: What? So like, okay. Yeah. As a, so, you know, in a city where celebrities come all the time, is there sort of an added pressure where you're like, oh crap, you know, it's, I, it's I don't know. MJ. Yeah. It's MJ. <laughs> frick, like, what do here. I make for
2: the goat? Yeah. Does he order <laughs> yeah, off yeah, a secret no, like- <laughs> no,
0: no, he
1: had his staples. I mean, he usually had a medium, cooked, uh, ribeye steak you know so Ooh. i you know i was the one that would cook that you know most of the times but you know or at least during the time i was there you wow. know most of the times i'd be cooking if i was working the grill station but yeah no um yeah you feel a little added pressure you know, we certainly had other celebrities come through that that place before as well as other places i've worked at so <laughs> it gets exciting you know you like you know but i i think because i was kind of exposed to that when i was still fairly youngish sure. that i was kind of like you kind of like find a way to like compose and not like totally. super geek out because definitely I'm a, I mean, I'm a nineties bulls fan, of right. course, Who you know, grew it? up with a nineties bulls. Yeah, so, of it. course. so it's definitely very like, oh my gosh, there's Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you prefer like if a celebrity comes into the, into one of your restaurants or has come in in the past, Do you prefer not to know? Cause you can like, got to keep my head in the game. Yeah, Everyone's yeah, the same. Yeah. They're just a name on a, on a check or whatever.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you know, you treat them like, You know, you treat everybody, you know, as if they're celebrities. You got to be consistent. But, I mean, I certainly would like to know. I mean, I want to know. You know, hey, here's someone that's you know famous, but I mean, like right. it's important to be consistent and cook the same for everyone that yeah, yeah, yeah. for any of your guests that come through. Of course, yeah, you know?
0: everybody's got to be doing a good job regardless. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you got to keep the restaurant a business. That's the
1: most important. Exactly. Yeah,
0: we should be making good food all the time. Turns out, crazy. <laughs> yeah. um Well, otherwise this is, you won't be around. Exactly. And then we close, <laughs> and then you don't have a job. Bummer. It's crazy. It's like a cycle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um Well, this is like a bit more of a serious question, which is annoying, but it, you know it. Stereotypically cooking at home is always been like a woman's responsibility. You know, we didn't make it up, but somebody else did. But weirdly, like restaurant kitchens are usually male dominated. Did you feel like there was Mm -hmm. any weird sexist kind of bullshit that you had to bust through on your way to getting to where you are? And like, or is that sort of like the 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 I don't know, the vibe or the culture of working in the restaurant industry? Mm.
1: I mean, it's certainly out there mm-hmm. um, for me personally, like I was very, very fortunate to have worked with a lot of great chefs, you know, a lot of male chefs, you know, from all different levels, from executive chefs down that treated me with respect, you know, like, didn't let that kind of stuff fly i'm Mm -hmm. not saying it's not out there i mean unfortunately there's a lot of women that go through that in this industry it makes it very tough i mean unfortunately a lot of women leave the industry because of things like that but for me personally i like right off the gate and this even started back at 160 blue like super great chefs and you know, chefs de cuisines and sous chefs and mine cooks that were super respectful. So it was like I think I really won the lottery and it was really great. It just kinda of continued on and I continued on working for really great people. So yeah. you know, I think like yeah. I know I'm very fortunate. So I like I haven't been exposed to like all that kind of BS that unfortunately a lot of people do have to go through. And then you know, it's like they they wouldn't allow that happen, any of that sort of things happen to me, and supported me, and just kind of set mm-hmm. that standard. So, like if there were other people at, you know, say like a cook level or even a chef level, like they wouldn't tolerate it. You know, they wouldn't right. let it happen. And then it makes it great to like empower. It empowered me, totally. and then I've been able to, too, as I've moved up, empower other women and treat you know, men and women equally as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. That's incredible to feel, you know, to have people behind you who want to empower you instead of, like, test you negatively to see if you'll fail you know mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes right. in like the Anthony Bourdain shows that I've watched or whatever they're like you know you gotta be ready to do whatever and it's like well why do we yeah. have to do that though
2: yeah. you know
1: yeah. well yeah I mean and someone like Anthony Bourdain is definitely very respectful like everyone from different mm-hmm. cultures to right. different you know you know different you know the you know different gender and stuff so mm-hmm. I mean he actually you know did set a good you know baseline for that but I mean it is true like I you know what also too when I started off cooking and I was starting off at a place like when 60 blue, like I read Anthony's uh, kitchen confidential and it was like very much like a balance of like, you know, kind of like, okay, you know, sex drugs and rock and roll. It was like, okay, <laughs> this is the culinary industry. I'm like, I want in, but right. also like, it kind of like, you know, there was a little bit, like it did prepare me a little bit for some of the the craziness, you know? And it's, you know, fortunately, like, like I said, I, I had people that backed me up and supported me and, you know, certainly I've, I've certainly walked in the kitchen, you know, as like, okay, here's the new, this is the executive chef or chef, stew chef or whatever. Mm. And of course you even have wine, you even have cooks that want to try and test you. It's just like kind of come in, you treat everybody you as the executive and chef. I, Oh yeah, really? Well, that happens across the board. That 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 happens across the board, male or female. You you have someone new in there. You have cooks that have been around for a long time. They want to test and see, like, okay, can this person handle it? You know, are they wow. legit, kind of thing. And yeah, you no, know, I mean, I. I passed the test. <laughs> oh,
0: what, what's, can you like give us an example of like a kind of test or is it sort of a secret? <laughs> oh,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, there isn't, I mean, it it can vary. It can yeah. be like a cook that could be at a place for a long time that will literally try and sabotage something from anything from like oh, you, turning an God. oven off or burner up. Um, no, it's yeah, I mean, that doesn't, yeah, that sort of thing can happen all the time. It's Whoa. just, you know, being aware of what's going on right. and, you know, we'll get in there. Like I said, you just kind of right off the back and into a kitchen and, you know, Work with staff, you know, I've been able to like be able to walk in and show right away, you know, that you know, Mm -hmm. I'm here for a reason. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I know what
0: I'm doing. Please don't with me. If you have to, though, I'll pass the test. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I'll pass any test you need. Oh, Oh my my God. Yeah. Wait, so uh, it sounds like you were saying like you need like a supportive team in order to have like a successful restaurant, right? Like you need good mentors, right? Like what else is crucial to your creative process? And what, what else do you think is necessary to like running a good, successful restaurant?
1: Well, like, create, like, part of the creative stuff is definitely being collaborative, you know, like, yeah. I work with my, you know, with my sous chefs, um, you know, you know, like, working with people from above you to below you, whether, it's, you know, if I'm in a situation where, like, currently here, we have a culinary director with our, um, with our parent company, you know, working with him, or, work, like I said, working with our sous chefs, and then even also, too, like, at a cook lover, it doesn't matter, like, everyone can have some sort of input and some sort of opinion, you know, you know, if, if, you know, people that are working at whether it's here currently at recess or other places I've been it's like, you know, if you've worked, you know, what is your idea, what are your thoughts, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's from just like creating a dish or just like, what's going to make more sense for us to execute something the best way possible efficiently. You know, consistently, you know, does it mean we need to rearrange like your workspace? You know, Mm, mm -hmm. just, you know, being open minded and working as a team as opposed to just being like, I'm the chef, you know, having that ego, like, I'm the only one with the answers, you know, always come to me. me. It's like, yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah,
1: you have to, you have to be able to be collaborative and work with other people. You know, you certainly have to be like, you know, a president you know like yes certain things yes this is going to be like the way i want this done and this is how we're going to do it yeah but there's you got to be open-minded and be able to have the ability to collaborate with your co-workers what like i said whether it's a subordinate or like someone at the same level or someone above you
0: totally mm-hmm. yeah well, we, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do have one more question for you, Amanda. And that is like, we, we love telling stories about when things go wrong on this podcast. Like I think every episode there's one like, Oh shit, this crazy thing happened. Like embarrassing, embarrassing, yeah. horrendous. Do you have a kitchen horror story that, you know, when you're, when you're having those nights where you literally can't fall asleep and all of those invasive thoughts come, <laughs> do you have a, story, a horror story that keeps you up?
1: Um, not currently, thankfully. Oh, <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> you. Wow. <laughs> I mean, no, not currently. Not currently. Hey, that's So knock on wood here, okay? Okay. Not make me be knocking the coffee table here, so I don't know. Uh, uh, we don't want to speak that into existence. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I mean, there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, there certainly have been ones, and honestly, when it comes to like the restaurant business, they're not always ones you want to share. Right. So what uh, you know True. for See, one, you know you first. Love. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to share, Though. I know, but they're not exactly ones that I would want to share. No, that's fair. fair. I mean, but yeah, I mean, there's certainly things where it's like, oh my God, here's a party of, Something and I forgot, or my sous chef forgot to order something oh, that was like God. a key piece of it. And you're like, yeah, oh my gosh, we got to scramble, <laughs> now, run around, now you're an Go improviser. to Restaurant Depot, <laughs> to that, You know, I mean, you have to think on your feet. Right, you yeah. know, it's very much a planning thing that we do. We plan, we plan, we plan, but we plan also for things to go wrong mm, because. <laughs> Because you never know right, when right. something's going to happen from anything from, like, something not getting ordered or something not showing up from a vendor or a cook not showing up or calling off, like, all those kinds of things. And then in the last couple of years with COVID, those things have been even heightened because oh, geez, of yeah. even more right. things you wouldn't even think of, you right. know, different issues, you know, so – so yeah, it's it's you gotta constantly just be pre- be prepared for everything, well, and also like know that also know that it's organized chaos.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're on a Friday night dinner rush, and like you just have to kind of keep stay on your feet as best you can, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Amanda, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, we so appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time today, and yeah. we're so excited sure, for Restaurant course. Week. Maybe we'll come visit you. In yeah. Person. Thank you. Of course. Anytime. Beautiful. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye bye. Thanks, you too. All right, everybody. Well, today on this very special episode of Do You Have a Sec, we're talking to Sarah Simon. Sarah is the beverage director and general manager of the Dandy Crown.
2: Yay. Hi, Yay. Sarah. How are you? Hi, ya? Sarah.
0: I'm great. How are you? Good. Oh, we're so much better now that we're talking to you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh my gosh, it's so good to talk to you. So Sarah, on this podcast, we talk a lot about like our career because we all work together and we work in a creative field. Um, so we were wondering if you could talk, if you could tell us about like going from an art gallery to being a mixologist. Like how do you make that jump and how did you like know the path to take? Um, so
3: <laughs> that's a funny story. Uh, so when I... So I went to school for art history and photography. Oh. Um, when I grad- when Sorry. I graduated from school and moved back to Chicago, I started pursuing jobs in the field that my degree is in. Oh. And so I worked at a couple different art galleries. I worked at one in particular for a few years. Um, but the thing that they don't really tell you when you're studying art in college is that there's not a ton of money yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? um, you're <laughs> kidding. They didn't tell you that?
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, they, they left that part out. It's a pretty, yeah. pretty bummer <laughs> class you'd have to take if they yeah. tell you that. Well, yeah, right?
0: I go to art school and they tell me that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I always, basically always had to have a restaurant job on the side. And I've worked on and off in restaurants since I was a teenager growing up in Chicago. So something I knew very well, something that was easy for me to do to just make some extra cash on the side. And I never really thought too much more about it until right around, I think it was, 24, 25, I was working at a sports bar in Winter Park that had a better than average beer program. Mm. Um, and so I kind of started diving into that. And that was sort of the light bulb moment where I realized that there, if I wanted, there was a lot more to learn and a lot, a lot more ways to grow within this industry. Mm. And so when I stopped working for the art gallery that I had been with for a few years, I didn't really try very hard to get another art job right away. And instead I just kind of like dove into the restaurant world. Mm. And at the time, you know, I had a pretty, pretty solid beer knowledge. I, I knew what I was talking about when I came to beer, but I didn't know a ton about wine or cocktails. Mm. Um, also I was making way more money. Um, so I was very, so I was very nice. happy. Yeah, that's yes, pretty motivating. Very, <laughs> I was very happy to, you know, kind of explore these options because I was I was comfortable financially and so I wanted to get another job I decided I needed to get a job at a place that either had a wine focus program or a cocktail focus program smart so I started applying and interviewing for places and in the same week I had an interview at a wine bar in Lincoln Park and a cocktail bar in the Gold Coast Ooh, the wow. wine bar yeah the wine bar didn't hire me the cocktail bar did hey. uh, <laughs> and you know so I mean the rest of it was a lot of learning on my feet and faking it a little until I made it. But that's, that's pretty much what sealed the deal.
0: Oh my God. So we talk about faking yeah, it till we make wow. it all the time <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, confidence is just, it's a hard thing to summon sometimes. So like when you made that switch, did you have a lot of like imposter syndrome or like what was your process for faking it till you made it? You know, cause I feel like I'm always looking for more ways to do that comfortably and I don't yeah. know if that's even possible. Sure. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I mean, this was, God, probably like 2013. Okay. So we were still very much in like the heyday of the craft cocktail kind of like revitalization. Mm. And the bar that I was working at was very well known as, you know, a craft cocktail bar. A lot of people that I really look up to and a lot of people that have mentored me over the years came up at that bar. So Mm. it really had this sort of like mythic, greatness to it or at least that's the way that I perceived it (laughs) and so I I started there as a server and you know very quickly because of you know a couple a couple very important variables that occurred they let me I expressed interest in learning how to bartend they decided to let me try it out with the caveat that if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and I'm going to go back to serving fair enough but so being behind that bar, I was kind of all of a sudden like, okay, you are not qualified for this. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So ask all the questions, do all the things. If someone asks you a question you don't know the answer to, give a really vague answer or like give your best guess to what it is and then like run away and look that look Yep. That. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so I spent, you know, a, a year and some change doing that. Luckily, I was working with some really wonderful, amazing humans who knew more than I did, who were really willing to, rather than make fun of me for not knowing Mm -hmm. the answers, were really willing to, like, take the time to explain things to me and, like, allow me to taste, show me the history, you know, give me space to experiment with my own wacky off-the-wall ideas for cocktails. Looking back, when I look at old notebooks of, you know, Things I was making back then. It, I, I don't know who let me do that. But, yeah. um, well, but it was really no. Go ahead. It was really a wonderful growing experience because, and it was it was in part because I was working with people who allowed me to have that space and to screw up and make weird things and learn from it.
0: Yeah. I, well, it sounds like you had a lot of great mentors who were yeah. just like kind of willing to take a chance on you, which sort of feels like a, you know, a, a happy coincidence whenever that comes together.
3: Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, over and, you know, beyond that, over the years, I've had several different mentors. And that's kind of the running theme is that they, you know, I would say I probably have three or four different, mentors, four, we'll call it four. I have four different mentors Damn. spanning my early Damn. years <laughs> of bartending. Yeah, I, I, I was very fortunate. And that's a really wonderful thing about mm-hmm. the craft cocktail world in general in Chicago is that there are a lot of people out there who are products of a great mentorship program who you know feel like they have to pay it forward now with the new young person that's behind their bar. And that's how we create more incredible bartenders is mm-hmm. when you have the people who know what they're talking about, who are willing to take the time. And not just like, Tell you what spirit to grab, but to tell you why that's the correct spirit and what Mm. the history is of that spirit, and why this works in particular. And yeah, I was I was just very lucky to come across several of those people, and that's something that I really carry through with me, and I hope to continue to do in my bars now that. I am the person that knows things. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you are the mentor now. Right, yeah.
2: right. That's like, it's like, you, you know, it's like they give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, teach him how to fish, he'll feed, <laughs> you know. You feed him for yeah, a right, yeah, yeah. like one of those, you know. Like that's, but that's so, it's so important to have like a supportive team around you. Yeah. I feel like just like any other creative field too, like the best work gets done when you have a supportive team who mm-hmm. allows you to make mistakes mm-hmm. and allows you to create, you know, new things. So that's, that's so interesting that, you know, you think that food is a creative, um, a, a creative endeavor. Yeah, totally. Sure. But like, it really is just like any other creative process. Yeah, that's, it's like it's an really art. interesting absolutely. to hear you talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's it awesome. is. And, uh, you know, I think like coming from
3: an art background and coming from a creative background, just in a different
2: way,
0: Yeah.
3: you know, has helped inform the way that I create, Liquid art. Right. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even a perspective,
0: down, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I was going to ask, you know, as someone who's seen, like, an, as an art, someone who works in an art gallery, you know, you're sort of showcasing someone else's art and, like, leading other people through that artist's yeah. experience. But now, as the bartender, you are creating those experiences for people. So, like, how, how does that background of leading other people through an artistic experience translate into doing it, you know, behind the bar? Well, I mean, I
3: think, you know, I. I learned how to talk to people
0: mm-hmm.
3: working in art galleries. Mm-hmm. And so like knowing knowing someone else's story, knowing the backgrounds of their work and being able to effectively communicate that story and that intent and all of the other things that go into what you talk about when you talk about an artist's work. You know that the same kind of thing happens behind the bar because even if it's not my cocktail, if it's someone else's, like you still want it, there. There are so many things to talk about mm-hmm. when you're talking. If if someone wants to have that conversation, that's a big thing too. I feel like we don't we don't shove our cocktails down at anyone's throat with the story behind them or anything like that. But if someone <laughs> but if someone wants to have the conversation about the hows and the whys that this cocktail was created, we're here to have that conversation. Totally. And, yeah. you know we. We know the story behind it. We know why we picked this particular spirit over this one or why this flavor works with this flavor. And, you know, that's, I feel like that's the thing that people really want to know is the hows and the whys. Yeah. Right. Because anyone anyone can put a great drink in front of a guest.
0: Can you give an example of like a story behind
2: a drink? Like, Ooh, that's a great question. I'm just wondering because I, I don't really know.
3: So I actually, I do have one, one favorite. It's not on the menu anymore. It was briefly, Sad. but I did actually. Submit it for a cocktail competition last year. Um, so every year there's a co- there's a competition called uh, the Manhattan Experience, which is sponsored by Woodford Reserve, and oh, they big. challenge bartenders to create you know their best version of the Manhattan. Okay. And I entered a Manhattan last, or actually I entered it in 2020, but because of you know because <laughs> COVID, it took it took a whole a whole year to finished that competition um but it was basically it was my take on a manhattan and Mm -hmm. the reason that i wanted to submit this manhattan was because it was inspired by my my godfather oh um i i had two godfathers growing up uh they were my dad's friends and landlords they owned the building that my dad lived in my godfathers were two artists so the first floor of the building was their art studio where they each had their own area to work. And then they had actually built a dark room in the back for my dad. And so the two of them would work all day. Uh, One of them would finish first and go upstairs to start to make dinner for the two of them. When dinner was ready, he would call down uh, for my other godfather to come up and have dinner. And every time he came up for dinner, there would be a Manhattan waiting for him.
2: Wow. Mm. Um,
3: And that was a story that, we always that I always heard growing up was that this was you know this was the drink that um, Bill made for Ralph at the end of every day, and so that was you know it was a it was really important for me to tell that story and people have asked me since if I'm going to enter this competition again and I say no because I've told one I had one really great story about a Manhattan I've told it. I don't need to do this again. Yeah, <laughs> no, fair enough. No other, no other story is going to be as good as that one. Right? No, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you know, speaking of awards and challenges and things like that, you were awarded the Star Chefs 2021 Rising Star Bartender Award. So, congratulations! Um, Thank you. What kind of clout comes with that kind of recognition in the bartending world?
3: Um, I, in the bartending world, I don't know that there's a ton that comes with it. Oh, I mean, bummer. it's it's cool. <laughs> it's cool to say it was great to be recognized. Um, along with some other, a couple other very talented bartenders uh, across the city. It was just kind of a recognition that I've been doing what I've been doing pretty well for the mm. last several
0: years. Nice, nice. Yeah. Sometimes that's nice. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't, I, don't, I don't know a ton of uh, mixology awards off the top no. of my head, so it's just nice to get one, you know?
2: No. yeah. Have you ever had anyone, um, like, order something, like, embarrassing? Like, one of those people, they're like, ooh, we really want to try your fancy. And then they're like, I'll have a Moscow Mule. Or, like, I'll just oh, have a... Come on. That's not embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you're like, come on. Like, is it? Is it embarrassing? <laughs> it's absolutely not
3: embarrassing when you go up. This this is very important. If you take nothing away from our conversation today, I want you all to take this away. Okay. No drink is embarrassing. Oh, thank when you. Are, when you are out at a bar and... You are having cocktails or not having cocktails. You're spending your own money. It's your own free time. Whatever you want to drink is the thing that you should be drinking. That's
0: so sweet. That is really sweet. Wow. I will just say it does not erase the pressure I feel to impress a bartender. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, right. where I'm like, right. mm, that cocktail you just described in full detail sounds really gross, but I can't say that. Um, <laughs> maybe for next time. <laughs> no, but it's, but also
3: it's all about it's all about flavors. Like, True. And yeah. We all we all we all have different talents. Right. We you know we all like different things and i tell people not all the time that would be bad but like i tell i tell our guests with some regularity that if they don't like something i don't want them to drink it right i'm not going to like i'm not going to be offended yeah. if you don't like the <laughs> cocktail that you
2: chose right exactly <laughs> that's fine it's just it's just not for you totally It's Uh, like starting a Netflix show and then finishing it, or like, you know, finishing it through, even though you're not, right, right, even though you hate it, yeah, why
0: would you, why (laughs) would you suffer? I'm an adult, I don't have to suffer if I don't want to. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, exactly, we we all suffer enough in other parts of our lives. We do, we
3: do, we do. You're right. <laughs> well, you don't need to suffer through your drink choice or your Netflix choice, you
0: know. Yeah, well, that's lovely. I do have a question, you know, as a beverage director, which, um, on, honestly, until recently, I did not know that that was really a job that existed. No, so like I'm very the excited. Ever. Sounds yeah. like the coolest job yeah. ever. <laughs> um, it, you know, when you're crafting a new a restaurant, whether it's a new restaurant or an old, uh, you know, you're you're coming into an already established restaurant. How much creative freedom do you have, or like, how much input do you get in in point mm-hmm. input do you get mm-hmm. to give? Um, in terms of like creating your pairings for the food menu.
3: I mean I it depends on the place. But mm-hmm. at at our at our restaurants I have pretty complete control over what goes on the oh, menu. Cool. Okay. Which is great. I mean obviously with some restrictions. Like mm-hmm. we can't put stuff on the menu that's gonna cost thirty dollars a cocktail. Right. But but it is it is a really nice collaborative thing when I you know, I'm talking to one of our chefs and I get to taste their food and hear where that where the inspiration for their dishes comes from and then you know, kind of once I once I taste their food, you know, the the wheels are already starting to turn because I know what flavors will work with what mm, I'm tasting. Gotcha. Yeah. That's,
2: okay. Okay, that's cool. I didn't even think that's where you start, but duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah that's awesome. Or or vice versa, if the co- if there's a cocktail menu already made, you know, and chef tastes one of my drinks, yeah. and it's like, oh, you know what, you know what would go really well with this cocktail, and then. He's already got that idea going. Right, you guys and are just kind of. complimenting
2: each other all the time. That's that's awesome.
3: Yeah, that's it's, it's really cool when you have when when places work really when like the front of the front of the house and the back of the house work closely together. Yeah, to kind of create together.
0: Yeah, sounds like a great environment to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <To> in. <amazing. laughs> well, we also you know talk a lot about horror stories on this podcast, not in the sense of like <laughs> oink, oink, horror stories, but just things that go wrong. For example, Michelle's peed in a dressing room before. It happens. It's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> it happens. Eva blended a Jimmy John sandwich. It happens. Um, <laughs> you not know, as purposeful. <laughs> I, still, I know that was on purpose, <laughs> but it's still a horror story to me. Um, but you know, working in the service industry, I work at a bar as well. You know, th- things go wrong all the time. Yeah. Do you have a favorite customer horror story that was just like the one that you think about when you like lie awake at night, <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I do remember actually at the at the cocktail bar, the first cocktail bar that I worked at when I was still serving, uh, I did fill a red wine flight. On uh, all over a man who was dressed in, in all white.
2: Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> all white? Okay, well, come on. Why would you wear all great. white? <laughs> why is he, all why
0: white? Yeah. is he wearing all white? Why, why is he wearing all white to a bar? Was it before or after Labor Day? This is very important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
3: kidding. Um, probably. I, I don't remember what time of year it was. Oh that, bar, my god. that bar was in a basement. I, I don't remember what time of year it was, but yeah, I just remember. I fumbled with the tray oh. and I wasn't really used I, you know I have been working at a sports bar like I wasn't really used to tray service yeah and what? I wasn't
2: used to like stemmed glasses and oh stuff. no it was bad. what's the aftermath of that nuts. like are you like I'm so sorry we'll buy you a new outfit like, <laughs> yeah how you are you to buy your drink
3: right? <laughs> we we paid I believe we paid mm. for his dry cleaning bill oh like, amazing he, he called us like a week later with his dry cleaning bill and we had to like reimburse him for wow. it
0: wow <sighs> Oh, my God. Wow. I think yeah, it
3: was not great. That hurts my heart for you. <laughs> that does. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, my God. There's no well, coming back also, from that. Well, and also, I was there, – there sure wasn't. And <laughs> I was – you know, I was – I was still a baby in this industry, right. so yeah. I think I think I I think I cried about it. Oh, yep. I, I probably have would have today. too. Very <laughs>
0: valid. Yeah. yeah, I've like dripped a beer on a guy's pants before, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry!" Like, <laughs> ah. and he was like, "It's fine, <laughs> they're jeans." And I was like, "Ah, you know." Yeah. Well, Sarah, we would love to play a game with you. Um, our game today, we're calling it judge drinky, um, sort of like Judge Judy. And but, I know
2: you said that, you know, no drink is embarrassing, but, like, let's put that aside. Yeah, put that aside. Um, I want you to bring out your
0: full judgmental guns for this one. Um, we're going to tell you a few cocktails that we would order at a bar, sort of our goes tos We'd love for you to rate them, and then tell us what kind of person you think we are. Do you think that sounds okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. fabulous. Alright, hang
3: on, wait, let me let me put my judgey pants up. Okay, cool, cool, yeah, cool. get them on, get them on. Put them on one S- leg at a time. I hope down, they're, leg they're leg
0: not the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too okay, <laughs> okay.
3: all right I'm, all right i'm ready all right so wait ready. i'm reading them from from one to ten
2: yeah you can whatever scale you, what you kind of want to use yeah tell me my personality mm-hmm. you know
0: one to ten seems like a big scale let's do it one to five sure
2: sure, sure. okay That's one to five and since five, five being the best or five being
0: the worst the worst Wait, five, no, is, five, like, five, is, five is, is the best is... five is the best one is the worst okay yeah, yeah. so five is like Got most it. embarrassing okay. no five is good five is, one, oh one is sorry most okay one, one is embarrassing. Like, embarrassing okay well since you used moscow mule as an example earlier yeah can we go with a moscow mule because that is my go-to mm, drink yeah, yeah, special yeah. cup nerds
2: please me <laughs> one to five where that lies on
3: are you going to demand that it's in a in a copper mug of course or she are is. You okay i'm
0: not gonna oh
3: 'Cause, I would like cause to you wanna take, take it remote. home. You wanna sneak it
0: in your purse for take take it home.
3: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that one at a because we're not, we're not 23 anymore. Oh. Okay, actually, yeah, I she actually, she actually yeah. is 23,
0: which is hilarious. So if you're if
3: you're 23,
2: then
0: I guess fine. Oh. no, but her judgy <laughs> pants are on. No, that was that okay. Her, exactly what I you want You keep to those judgy pants yeah, on. Great. No changing. You don't know how old I am. So. <laughs> that was great. How old any of you? are yeah.
2: yeah, that's perfect. I love that.
0: And we're not so. going to tell you, except for Eva. We're going to keep you in the dark. <laughs>
2: Okay, Michelle, you can go for X. Okay, yeah. If I'm uh, if I'm at a bar, my my go to drink is probably a dirty Shirley. <laughs> Eva giggles. <laughs> I'm like, are you twelve?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna put that one at I'm gonna put it at a three actually Ooh. because I do I do have a soft spot for. Early temples. Right. I they're, think good. They're, actually, they're good. They're I do, yummy. <laughs> I, I do think they're really delicious, and when someone orders, when I usually take that opportunity to make myself a little one. Oh. Um, oh it God. is a ton of sugar. However,
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's why it's fun.
3: <laughs> take take that and recognize what you what you like about those flavors and then like go to a cocktail bar and ask the bartender to make you a real drink uh, saying, oh. saying that you like saying that you like those flavors. Okay, okay. Cause I guarantee, I guarantee you can get something way less sugary that hits all the same notes that, you enjoy from a dirty shirley Mm. but you can get it in a really nice
2: cocktail with like way less sugar okay fair enough so she's basically (laughs) calling you a child and that your drink isn't real but something a little bit i'm actually the oldest one here so
0: (laughs) okay let's say that i'll say this isn't what my go-to is but i just want to hear your thoughts on it um an espresso martini yeah
3: um, espresso martinis are delicious. I'll give you a five. For that. Oh wow, oh, okay. Okay, five! Wow.
0: I hate when people order them because I hate carrying all those martini glasses around. <laughs> and usually, it's like a group of five girls being like, "Can you guys meet them?" Yeah. And my bartender's like, "Oh, I gotta go get the espresso beans." One hundred percent. But I'll take it. But I'll take it. But
3: their espresso martinis are having a heyday right now, totally. and a well-made mm-hmm. a well-made espresso martini is delicious
0: it is wow. it is all right I'll, we'll, sarah approved sarah okay. approved beverage we'll do we'll do one more and this one i'm really curious about a vodka red bull okay
3: i don't even serve red bull at my bar. Oh. So. <laughs> she said zero it's <laughs> not even on the scale it's not even on the scale what type of person nah, orders a, on...
0: a vodka red bull in your mind
3: oh god uh, uh probably like 28 to 32 year old mm. dude mm. who Thinks he's in Wrigleyville, but somehow, made it, somehow made it into
0: my bar in River West. Needs, needs a little bit of an extra energy boost because he's kind of getting a little old, you know. Like he can't stay yeah, out as late baby. anymore. Yeah, oh, No offense, no offense to any of those dudes. That are like, <laughs> I, okay, I just it, don't have, I just don't have red ball. Well, and in terms of in terms of shots, right? Like you can do any mm-hmm. type of liquor as a shot, whatever. But what if someone comes up and they say, "Hey, can I get five lemon drop shots?"
3: That's fine. I have vodka, I have lemon juice, and I have sugar. I can make that.
0: Okay. Mm. Not very judgmental. But I'll take it.
3: And it's going to be and it's going to be the best lemon drop you've ever had. Wow. <gasps> okay, so I want one now. I think yeah. we have
0: to come visit you at the Dandy Crown then and get a five <laughs> lemon drop shots five, and we'll, yeah. we'll look forward to it. It sounds great. <laughs>
3: All of that all of that judgment being said just now, I really am happy to serve people whatever they want to drink yeah. in as long as I can. Obviously, a vodka red Bull, I can't do because <laughs> we don't carry energy drinks. Right. But if you came in and ordered a Moscow Mule, a, well, you're not going to get it in a copper mug. Um, <laughs> totally can't fine. Have those either. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But like, yeah, I can make you a delicious Moscow Mule in a glass.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love Like in a damn adult. <laughs> a wizened adult. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. We loved chatting with you today. Thank I you. I hope we get to see you in person someday. <laughs> I hope so, too. Thanks. All right. Have a good one, babe. Have a great day. Bye. Bye your readers thank you for joining us for this week's episode uh, you can follow us at do you have a psych pod on instagram and tiktok if you haven't already please like rate review follow and subscribe don't forget if you're missing us in the time being you can always hear snippets of our show sunday nights 11 p.m to midnight on 101.9 them
2: yes or just go and listen to old episodes or just Dude, go and listen to old they're episodes they're always available
0: wherever uh, anything i miss anything you guys I want to that's add it. Oh, all right we'll see you next week guys <laughs> bye, bye.